Welcome back to Destroyed Nonchalance. This episode, we're talking about Star Wars, The Rise of the Skywalker. Yes, The Rise of Skywalker. And let's just say up front, this is going to be full of spoilers. And this is also our second attempt at talking about Star Wars because we saw it the first time, had one idea of what it was like, and then we had the bright idea slash misfortune. No, I'm just kidding. I've seen it again. We well, watched we it twice. Well, we saw it the first time as a triple bill. Yeah. So, a little brain fried and... Yeah, it was like nine <laughs> hours, ten hours of watching Star Wars at Orion Lester Square, triple bill. So, it started like the first one, The Force Awakens. Yeah. And then the second one... What and- is it? The Last Jedi... The and sad then, stepchild. No. So, and then the third one was the the rise of Skywalker, and okay. So the first time we saw it, we generally liked it, right? Yeah, I I mean I generally liked it. I wasn't I wasn't very surprised by a lot of it, but a lot of it seemed like okay. It, it felt was like kind of like an okay, yeah. It was like a, a, a wrap-up with the bow on top, and not a lot of surprise. Um, yeah, and it, I mean, we were very... kind of settled, I would say. Settled, like, oh, okay, you're wrapping it up, and there was a lot of build-up, and you're like, okay, well, you didn't ruin it. And, no, but it wasn't, I don't think they ruined it. No, it wasn't even that. It was... I don't know. It, it just... I wasn't very unhappy with it because parts of it... You see it and it's a, like... There's a lot of like fan service and little things here and there that make you happy. There's like a payoff. It felt very... Yeah, it was aimed to make fans happy. Or at least to not cause controversy. Yeah, and I mean... <laughs> was like... I mean, a lot of it... I, I went in already knowing, okay, Leia's not going to be there and I don't know what they're going to do with her thing and... And it felt, even the first time I saw it, it felt like she's not there. (laughs) Yeah, and you know, I might tack on the first part of the recording at the end of this one, so that way they can get, they can see how our views on The Rise of Skywalker evolved. But yeah, from the very beginning, I felt like Leia had no spark. She, her responses to everything seemed very cerebral and a bit abstract, a little bit removed. And they worked them in and they worked the dialogue around them because it was just archival footage. Right. But I think that even watching it the second time, since we're on the subject of Leia, they really established what an interesting character she is and how pivotal she was to how like the Star Wars universe <laughs> works. Her role in training Rey. I think even, um, I mean, insofar as much as what, what she was able to do in this movie she was pivotal. Yeah. Even they, still. They, it was damage control, but it was really well done. Yeah. Like, it, surprisingly how well they tied it up in a nice bow and how well they used the footage that they had of her. Because, I mean, I think that, and I don't want to speak for 
Carrie Fisher, but I from from the time when they digitized her to be young. Yeah. For that one one-off movie, she hearing her talk about that, she was happy about it, you know? So, I know they took a stand saying we're not going to bring her back and digitize her. They didn't take the James Dean approach by, by no, creating a whole performance I mean, that, from that hasn't CGI. been done yet, but for Rogue One, there was that one actor that they completely... Just masked over The older her. actor... Yeah, they just had somebody and they, they completely brought him back for most of the movie and he was like, that's the same guy. <laughs> like... You know, yeah. I mean, they didn't do that, which they potentially could have. And, um, you know, certain blessings would have had to happen. But I think that people were really taking a lot of offense to that. And I don't I don't know that I would have if it made a better story. But Right. Okay, so let's start from the top. What do you think of this last part of this non-trilogy? What do you think of this, this well, last Well, I film? mean, you say it like that because it's true. It wasn't written as a trilogy, so it's... I mean, this last part, there's a lot of apologizing for where the last movie went. Or a direct debate with where the last, where the second movie well, went. Well, I mean, it is a big debate, and I don't know. I don't know. I couldn't really get engaged the second time that we saw it, and we were in an IMAX. The second time we saw it, I yeah. couldn't get engaged. And some some parts of it, yes, and some parts of it I liked, but it seems like a lot of monotonous random things that had to happen that were of no consequence to get you to the end. It was, mm-hmm. was kind of like w- working backwards. So the end worked backwards to connect certain things that happened earlier and then it was like yay we're done but i i liked what they did with some characters and i really didn't like what they did with a lot of other characters okay i mean as far as i mean my take just from the top like overall i think that it's it served to wrap up what was started in the first film and it it undid a lot of what happened in the second film to bring a, a fairly predictable ending to this series, this these three films that weren't really planned as a trilogy. And the way it works, the first time you watch it, when it's all a surprise and you don't know how it's all going to unfold, it's somewhat pleasing. But the second time you watch it, like for me, um, it's like what you said, I just couldn't engage in it. And some of the, like... It didn't pull any, it didn't have any emotional resonance for me, like at all. Because, and again, the first time we talked about this, I knew that Chewbacca wasn't going to die. And, you know, the whole thing with C3PO, which got like tons of coverage in the previews, not looking around the last time in his friends, he recovered his memory basically. And I mean, Leia had already died in the second movie when she when she was out in space, but she had this force-based miraculous recovery where she gets back in and she goes back to the hospital. So she'd already that had already happened with Leia in the second movie. And like finding out that Ray is a prince he's she's Palpatine's daughter through some kind of weird arrangement. 
had no impact at all. Well, it is like one impact. If any impact that the second one had, I mean, I I liked some of the movie, but you could you could erase it away because anything that happened with you know establishing Ray has she's a nobody that kind of just went away. Yeah, now that she's... was kind of like really set the stage in the now, second yeah, movie. Now she's somebody, and what are the consequences of Rose being anybody in the last movie? And Rose and Finn and whatever was was or wasn't going on there kind of went away and. So, like, what consequences other than, you know, they killed Snoke. So, that was a little, like, surprise because you thought he was a big villain. But it was like, oh, the- Palpatine was just making Snoke puppets over here. Right. So, what what happened in the second movie that mattered at all other than cool visuals? Well, see, that's the thing. Okay. I can't think of one. I can't either. Okay, so the first one, Force Awakens. You have, like, this... You know, it stayed true to the Star Wars formula, but people hadn't seen that formula for 20 years or so. So it was nice. But it was exactly like that. Right. So Just a redo. That formula got, like, represented in today's times. Well, not today, I but really five liked years The ago. Force Awakens. Yeah. We saw it so many times. And then, uh, how long passed before the second one came out? What's the second movie know, called? A, a year or two. And that's The Last Jedi. So The Last Jedi comes out, like, second, like, two years later. And it was a twist in what you would expect Star Wars movies to be. And we liked it, right? We liked it, but we couldn't see it more than two times. No. It wasn't, like, the first one. No, because the first one we saw, like, a number of times. Yeah, it was, like, a proven, fun formula where you were being introduced to a lot of cute new right. people and it was like a fun you know bb8 was just like everything so. but that movie the second part got such a negative fan reaction or at least it got a really loud negative fan reaction from like a very vocal set part of the fan fandom right like it was very much disliked for like a lot of reasons and i didn't agree with any of those reasons and no and at the time i didn't either like because it seemed they were racist they were misogynist and they were almost like we own star wars and you better deliver what what it is that we're expecting but the other night the first time when we watched the marathon all three back to back the second one actively broke apart everything that we just <coughs> celebrated in the first movie. And, like, so, going away from, you know, not in, not even acknowledging the racist and misogynist um, criticisms of the second movie, there is, a, I think, a legitimate complaint that it went in a direction that broke away from anything that you liked about the first movie. I mean, I mean, the people that you that's had... fine. Like I, I see that complaint and the general complaint, but fans don't get to dictate where these stories go. No, that no, is of how course. you get surprised. I don't think they should. And I know you don't agree with that, but it is completely idiotic to think that you know just because you've spent however long being a fan of this franchise that you have a say in it now. No, I don't think that Unless you should a have a say or a writer exactly. and you somehow build yourself to be able to go in and be part of the team that's telling the story. You don't have a say. 
No, I don't think that fans should be catered to and pandered to, like, at all. So, that's what they did at this one. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, that's... So, now the third one comes on, the first time that we see it, it's all kind of a surprise. We're seeing it for the first time. And it's like, oh, well, the second movie is of no weight or consequence now. And, like, like how weird is that? So... It almost felt like you could have a happy movie experience watching the first movie and then the last movie. At least I thought so. But now, having watched the last movie twice, I don't think it's a happy movie experience at all. I mean, there are some parts that, I mean, not only did it have the, like, the, I'm sure the intended emotional impact on the second viewing, but parts that were supposed to be touching or, you know, dramatic, I laughed at, such as when Kylo died and it looked like some choreographed melodramatic death from a silent movie. Like, I just, I can't get that out of my head. I mean, the first time I saw it, I liked that he died because finally he, there was a consequence to all the shit he did, right? right. Initially, it was like, yes, somebody has to die. I, and, and he did a lot of, like, crap that he needed to pay for, but... Once you see and think about it and just digest that for a bit and even go for a second viewing, it's like, well, what was any of the Skywalker stuff for? What did Leia die for to to bring him back from the edge? And, (laughs) And, and like, then he still dies? Why did Leia even do that? Like, I don't even... Like, I don't even understand. I mean, I, like, if you look at it as t- in terms of trade-off, like, okay, if you want to bring back somebody from the dead, you might be able, you might need to use the force to the extent where it takes your own life. But if all you're trying to do is go in there and change somebody's mind, why does that kill you? Well, I mean, technically, what Leia did saved everything. Right, but really, she did it by like, changing somebody's mind about no, being a bad I, person. it was more than that. I mean... I think it's deeper than that, but we don't understand because you don't see it. But what she did by sacrificing herself and, like, you know, whatever it was intended, the mother's love, brought him back. But, I mean, it was a chance that it wasn't going to, but that was the last thing that she could try. And... I don't know, I mean... mean, Why does mother's love kill you? I mean, mothers well, would be no, dying, that's not what be killed dying him. left. No, not, not what killed him. Why would a mother die because she loves her kid? Mothers would be dying left and right. Well, because you can't get something without giving All she something. did was change his mind. No, she couldn't change his mind in person. So she had to, like... There has to be a sacrifice felt. Like, this person loved, loved you so much that she sacrificed her life. Like, if that does not change this track that you're on, then you're a complete bastard. And that's not what Han did. He went and talked to him and he's like, yeah, you know, to do, do, sorry, come back. He turned himself into the sacrificial man. me and here's your sword and you're dead. Right. That's not what Leia did. And, you know, she still knew that he was redeemable in some way. Right. And Ray did and whatever. So there was a one way or another that Ben, which was inside of Kylo, had to come out and Kylo had to die. And whenever whenever Leia did that, it made him stumble. And that's what allowed Ray to, you know, stab him. Kill him. <laughs> so, I mean, while he was in the floor 
you know, about to die. The whole you way know, to she, be an honorable Jedi, Ray. Well, she she felt it once she had, you know, you're kind of a machine. Like she was at it. Yeah. So she probably couldn't stop her hands from doing, and she took him out. But then she healed him because apparently that's a power now. And then right. you know, talk about the Force a bit. Now it's, I, I get that Ray and Kylo have a a new level of the Force and how they do that. But right. there was a lot of like magic looking things like oh, you can just you know tell people what to do and you weren't doing that at all anytime. And just stopping the lights. Well, that's another one of those things. Like, there were several scenes throughout this movie where Ray could have, like, hello, wake up. You can control people with your mind. And she, she would go through one battle scene, like, especially on the ship, like the, the Imperial ship. And she's dealing with stormtroopers. But then she remembers 15 seconds later, oh, yeah, I have this trick that I can do. And I'm going to do the mind trick right now. And the scene goes, you know, like, why didn't you just think of that before? Like, uh, like literally less than a minute ago. Because they were just using them as jokes. The... I mean, they were like, oh, she can do that? Is she doing that to us? Like, you know, it was... Yeah. A lot of it was like light, like, oh, fan service situations. Yeah. <coughs> so, in the end, we come up, you know, we have... It all comes down to Ray. Being, you know, she adopts this Skywalker name. So you have the use of the Force directly in alignment with this, like, royal family, the Skywalkers. There's no democratic distribution of the f- use of the Force. And, like, she's a Palpatine and a Skywalker. And she's, by the end of the movie, she's the only one that matters. So that's where Poe goes. That's where all these other characters go. They go into the dustbin because really they're not a Skywalker or a Palpatine. And that's why we're not thinking about them. That's why they don't get a scene at the end of the movie. And it's just, to me, it kind of just reinforces that. Well, I mean, she had to get a scene because it's kind of closing that chapter. And right. Leia and Luke are there. And some random old witch, you know, is there, but... The last shot is her and BB-8. And, I mean, yes, it, they have to do that because it, this is closing out the, those characters' things. And, yeah, she mattered. Their arcs. And, I mean, Ray, and we were talking about this before, Ray is perfectly capable of carrying on the Jedi tradition. I have no problem with Ray. Like, I, I have so much landing on her shoulders. Um, and she didn't know what her heritage was. Well, yeah, it's not her fault. We didn't really, we, I I know we've skipped back and forth through a lot of, a lot of it, but so you think that Ray now only has one life again? (laughs) Because she did die and Kylo gave his life for her to live. Right. And then they kiss and then. You know, she's alive. And so, is it like when Ray helped Kylo not die and then he gave it back to her? Does, does she now have only one life? Like, they can't do the whole bringing her back thing again? I don't know. I don't. It's, I tend to think of it more like a battery. Like, oh, recharge the battery. And, you know, it's like, build your force power back up and you could probably do it again. And you so just can't she, do it back to back. Yeah, and she has her own lightsaber, which is yellow. Yeah. And 
it would have been really nice to be able to see more of Leia with her lightsaber. I think that... And more of that. I Yeah, I really want to see more of Leia. I want to see what she was doing during these missing years. And I think she, way more than Han, deserves her own movie. Like, Star Wars needs to stop undervaluing its female characters. I know that this... This three part, these three movies were about Rey coming to terms with her identity and her power, but she was given a shitty trilogy. And well, it's pandering, it's a lot of pandering to fanboys. That's why Han's movie was made, and, and it, it was failed. lame. It was lame. I, I didn't hate it, but it failed, and it was apparent that it failed. So, why couldn't they learn the lesson of like pandering to these whiny fanboys is not going to make a product that you know you're not going to make a film that any that many people want to see and well, this one isn't doing that well in the box office box office even now the word of mouth on it is not great the metacritic reviews are very middling it wasn't it, it wasn't like you have to go see this no people initially wanted to go see it because you know you want to be there yeah the first time and they were building it up with the ads and all that but once it came out that it wasn't that great, then the urgency waned and then you can, you know, go live your Christmas. And I mean, you probably have the fanboys who are literally skipping from the first movie to the third and, you know, repeat viewings and everything. But how much are we allowed to dislike J.J. Abrams at this point? Because in the interviews that he's done around this third release we find out that he's he acknowledges he's not very good at endings and we he acknowledges that this was not planned as a trilogy and i mean the best part of what what he's been able to do is just replicate what they did back in the 70s with star wars because he's a fanboy and so how much i I mean, mean he he creates his own he he's a good you know director and creator in his own right but yeah you have a point with what you're saying I mean, there is like two sides to this argument. I don't hate him, but I think Disney should have had a better hold on, you know, this giant thing that was being made and nobody bothered to think maybe we should make it cohesive and maybe we shouldn't let just a random director come in and like blow shit up and then... Only have one movie to rectify that with. Yeah, and and it's like, well, you should have just had J.J. Abrams do all of them or you should have had... You know, a third director that wasn't JJ, or that a came director to fix who knows it. how to end things and doesn't think that somehow his job description, which you know, you, for movies you have a beginning, a middle, and an end. For a trilogy, you have a beginning, a middle, and an end. And he says, "Oh, you know, a third of it, I'm not that good at." And sure enough, he messes it up. I mean, there is the side where fans don't own the franchise, but there is a part where they're paying good money to go and see something that you couldn't bother to plan. And industry is being, like, run by, you know, built on this franchise. It's well, they're like, getting a rude awakening because... You didn't bother to plan it. This not doing as great as the last few did, and even the Han movie not doing as well, like, that's put the brakes on some of the productions that they that they did. And maybe, you know when things like the Mandalorian are doing well and when things like Rogue One did so well, maybe right. some female led stories might work. I mean, they have so many I wanna see Ahsoka Tano. I mean we've seen her in the in the cartoon right. series. Another but female character. Like, like there's really a lot to really explore like, there. That could be 
Anything with Leia and how she went from being a princess to a rebel fighter, giant, giant to, like, content. A Jedi trainer, a general, a mother, um, very just significant all the way through, but yet she doesn't get her own movie. We get the Han Solo absentee father playboy wannabe character who gets his own movie. And fan service. I mean, you had Lando come back and... All of a sudden, we're supposed to forget that he wasn't a two-faced bastard <laughs> that only works for himself. Like, yeah, I get it. Like, okay, so he's back. and I mean, know. he's entertaining. He's cool. But he was always morally ambiguous. And he and... could have just been in one scene and that'd be good. But then he was like, oh, you're still here? Yeah, don't overplay the Lando card because... Well, yeah, because they weren't... I don't know. And, even... yeah, I mean, th- there was... The care for some of these characters, it was just kind of thrown away, like, 3PO kind of being erased and kind of thrown away. I know I he got know. his memory back, but that yeah. was just like, oh, he's just a chunk of metal that you're going to just, whatever. There and was, there again, that goes to the whole emotional, the absence of anything emotional I didn't, in that movie. I didn't feel right about that and about how the they were treating The characters did him. not care about C-3PO, like, at all. And the droids are such a strong... I mean, in the third movie, BB-8 barely got anything. I mean, even in the second movie, he was amazing, you know, kicking right. ass. In the first movie, he was amazing being BB-8, yeah. personality, everything. And in this one, it was kind of like forgotten in the back. And I mean, Chewbacca, a huge character in all of them... He, right. he needs some counseling because, you know... <laughs> he, he went through a hard time. All of the people that he knows, they're kind of just dead. And, you know, you see one scene where he's kind of, like, on his knees in the floor, like, after he finds out that Leia has gone. It's just, like, he's lost everything. And, you know, the next scene you see of him, he, he's kind of, like, sitting down. And they're like, hey, Chewie, let's go. And he's like, I don't know, I guess. Like a dog so, or something. You know, just like, yeah, like. But you, ha- you would expect, you would care more about the feelings of a dog, a pet dog, than Chewie got in terms of the other characters in that movie. And the same is true for C3PO. He was basically an iPhone or an iPad to these to these characters. Yeah, I I wasn't amazed with all of that. And, and I like, you know, R2, he's my guy and. Or woman, I don't know what it is, the droid. But in every movie, even like episode one through three, when, you know, you get to see more of R2 with Anakin and just the, all of that just made me really like love R2. He just chirps, but the personality is like, it just flows out of him. And the personality just flowed out of BB-8 in the first, you know two episodes of this last trilogy and it's just kind of gone i mean i noticed that r2 made the same beeps and his he did the same body shaking almost every time we saw him that was his one note emotional delivery in this third movie he was just he shook and he made the beep and i mean he's supposed to have more of an emotional range as that but he just didn't have he wasn't given the time puzzle pieces that they used not in a very caring way, I think. There was just like fan service one, fan service two, fan service three. Let's rearrange them to see where they fit. And it wasn't, it wasn't very nice to the characters. 
No, I mean, I don't, and it wasn't very nice to a lot of the characters, and it wasn't very nice to the previous movie, and and it just seemed like they steamrolled to a conclusion. Um, yeah, because I mean, I Ray got a good, I mean, semi good, you know, arc. Right. She, you know, she didn't know who she was, and then she reluctantly find out, found found out, and then doesn't want that. So she went through a few arcs, and then. You know, became strong and fought and won and came out at the end on top. And the other characters are like, whatever. I mean, they killed all the Skywalkers and all the, most of the old people. They didn't really tell you what's going to happen with Chewie. Then, right. then Poe is like, whatever. And Finn is like, whatever. Rose is like, whatever. I don't even really know what happened. Like, we don't even really know what they're going to go off and do. I mean, what does, uh, what does the new world look like that they just opened the doors to? And I mean, how does this stop? We don't even know. Because in, in the original three, the Skywalker and Leia and Han win. The revolution wins, you know. And then there's a, right. the, the lull be- between, you know, these last three that just came out. That lull allowed the new order and all of this so this vacuum they have a new vacuum now right because now they took out the the new order and all of those people and like these these people are gonna there's something that's gonna rise so as it does you know what what i I of course want to know more and i of course they're they can't say everything and answer all the questions but you can't seemingly tie everything in, in a nice bow. Well, because we saw that the the <clears throat> nice bow ending from like Star Wars, Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi didn't stay wrapped up with a nice little bow. And so there's no reason to expect that that same kind of ending is going to be very lasting. Do you think this kind of stuff is going to play out in the Disney Plus channel? I mean, right now we're watching Mandalorian, and we know that yeah. Lando has a show coming out. And yeah. Scott and um, Anakin has a show coming out, right? Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan. Yeah. So do you think these kind of things are going to play out there? Some of them are going to, and they're going to fill in a lot of the gaps, I think, with the Disney Plus. And I think new movies, they're, they're going to be making new movies. But I hope it's not just prequels, because I want to know what happens next. And right. part of what I liked about episode one, two, and three was that you got to see a lot of the politics, right? Um, and the world order and how different planets and different species kind of work together, right? So I and I know there's a lot of like you know disagreement here and there and blah blah blah, but you have you at least have that and. And I think that's really relevant to what's going on right now. I mean, everybody is paying attention to politics right now, or at least so many people are. And we're watching like this showdown between the executive branch and the legislative branch and, you know, the U.S. government. And for some of that to echo in the Star Wars world would be really interesting. That would have been really smart to do. Like, what do representatives do? And, you know, when geographical, like, groups of people 
have to be represented in one body that makes the laws and enforces the laws and tries to establish like some kind of order. And what will that look like now? And then they're going to have to set that up again somehow, some way, because it can't just be a vacuum where everybody assumes everybody's going to be happy. Right. So it, it'll be interesting to see where they take that. And yeah, it felt wrong to kind of just put our first after viewing thoughts out. Yeah. Without... I, and I do think I'm going to like tack them on um, to the end of this. Yeah. And so when we had to, because we're already reaching 30 minutes and this could be a really long one if we stack the, the first one on at the end. Um, what, what grade would you, out of five stars, how many stars would you give this third movie now? I'd probably give it like a three. That's maybe. exactly what I was going to say. A three. Like, it's not unwatchable, but I don't know if it's rewatchable. And it's going to be tough to rewatch again. It's kind of like, okay, now you have to see the next part and then that's it. I don't, I don't know. I liked a lot of the music, the, some of the visuals. I really liked the new planet where um, Palpatine was and some of that creepiness and all of that. And, but it's it's kind of I'd like to explore I like Disney to explore what those worlds are like and right. some of that dark Sith stuff would be interesting. It was treated very superficial, like yeah, very surface like, level treatment. Here it uh, is and now Ray blew it up. <laughs> yeah, that was really strange for her to be so biologically connected to all of that and not given any attention in the first two movies. So now you finally at have all, a chance to show it in the third movie and there was no exploration of well, that. Well that's at part all. of the whole trilogy thing because they didn't do it as a trilogy. So, you know, they could have put in seeds here and there and, you know, like, oh, rumblings about this. And it right. was some, all of a sudden in the opening crawl, Palpatine's back and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, like, where what? were all these Sith all this time? <laughs> like, what have they been doing? There's like a whole, There's like, hall full of them. Like, just, what have they been doing? The Sitting followers. there? <laughs> like... Yeah, there's conversations that w they were trying to have in the last, in the second movie for this new trilogy that were kind of conversations that you're hearing now about class and, right. you know, the haves and the have-nots and how war makes people richer and all of, all of that. This like, third one didn't even touch it. It was like... That would have been so interesting if they continued some of complete that. Complete like, drop the ball on any of that kind of conversation. Billionaire, trillionaire Sith people are the ones financing all this shit. Right. So there was a lot of like, trust us, we know what we're doing, and 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 I don't anymore. Yeah. No, I mean when you you find out that the pilot who's guiding the plane the, the plane didn't have any like destination or arrival point, and it was like, okay, well, yeah, thanks, JJ. Not a fan, not so much, not anymore. Yeah. Okay. All right. So thanks for listening. And that's enough about Star Wars. If anybody's still interested at this point, because I think it's just kind of dropped everybody's no. radar. Yeah. We're in, people got burned out a little bit with the Han and stuff, but I think that the Mandalorian and all of that. Yeah. It's, we're midway through that. No, we have one episode left. Oh, we have coming one left. back in okay. 2020 in the fall. Okay. And I don't know. I mean, 
just to say like one thing, it's like shows about space and space travel and all of that have been doing a lot of this things that the Mandalorian is doing. So yeah. it's kind of weird that it's taken this long for Disney or for anybody to do a Star Wars show because you have like Farscape and Andromeda and like on Star Trek. All of these shows are doing like, you know, the alien, you know. They kind of like Star Wars never went there. So all these other names came in and like started taking over that territory. Yeah. But I think Mandalorian is good. And I mean, it's really interesting to see like this. To see more of the world. The, yeah, this, um, what is he? He's an assassin. He's a knight. He's, like, what is it? Yeah. He's kind of like all of that. A bounty hunter. And with like the little baby Yoda. Yeah, this, like it's a, it sounds like a weird dynamic, but yeah, but... you don't know where it's going, and that no. surprise, that just that surprise alone is what was missing in this last movie. I just it didn't surprise at all, and it, I wasn't like. Anyways, yeah, we talked about it. Yeah, and I'm sure we'll talk about Mandalorian um, when we finish the series. All right, so thanks for listening, and right. until next time, bye. bye. Thank you for listening, we hope you enjoyed it. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast, we put it on YouTube. And follow us on social media, we're on every platform. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, we